and welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf podcast, a podcast by a couple of captains with way too many board games. I'm Tom, and I'm joined by... Justin. It's just us. Just the two of us. We can make it. We can make it if we try. <laughs> we had some uh, some scheduling situations come up, so it's just going to be Justin and I in, in uh, enjoying a two-player war game, which we've done in the past but have never never recorded. No, yeah, that's true. This will be like our version of date night in which we play games where we're constantly trying to shoot each other in the face. Yeah, it's a very competitive date night. Angrier and <laughs> no dating, so it's fight night. And at some point, Tom is going to get pissed off. That's that's usually how it works. Yeah, everybody wins, right? Today, <laughs> we are going to be talking about our playthroughs of Undaunted Colon Normandy, which is a fairly new game from 2019. We're going to do something special, and I'm going to read the second part of the uh, the blurb. Justin will read the first part of the blurb. June 1944. Through the D-Day landings, the Allies have seized a foothold on the beaches of Normandy. Now, you must lead your troops forward as you push deeper into France and drive the German forces back. You will face intense resistance, machine gun fire, and mortar bombardment. But a great commander can turn the situation to their advantage. Undaunted Normandy is a deck-building game that places you and your opponent in command of American or German forces fighting through a series of missions critical to the outcome of World War II. Use your cards to seize the initiative, bolster your forces, or control your troops on the battlefield. Strong leadership can turn the tide of battle in your favor, but reckless decisions could prove catastrophic as every casualty you take removes a card from your deck. Take charge amidst the chaos of battle, hold fast in the face of opposition, and remain undaunted. As the back of the box blurb sort of explains, this is a two-player tactical war game which uses a fairly well-known but I think innovatively used mechanic, which is deck building, to facilitate the controlling of your forces. Uh, We played this on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, Full disclosure, neither one of us owns this game. Uh, We were sort of just poking through stuff that was two-player to try, and this popped up, and we said we'd give it a rip. Um, So I'm not entirely sure how difficult the setup is, but basically the way it works is you go through and you pick one of the scenarios to play, you pull out the tiles that match up with the scenario that you want to do. You will then decide who who's going to be playing the U.S. forces and who's going to be playing the German forces. You set out tokens which represent uh, the different battalions in your platoon onto the map as described in the scenario book. So, for instance, there might be a tile on the very southern tip of this map which has a, a squad of scouts that have an A on them and a squad of scouts that have B on them and a squad of riflemen that have A and a squad of riflemen that have B on them. And those are going to be your, your A squads for scouts and riflemen and your and your B squad for scouts and riflemen. And then as part of the setup, you're going to go through the rest of the scenario setup, which is grabbing the cards specified and either putting them into your deck as your starting army, basically, or putting them in the supply, which means that they're there to be added into your deck as a later action. Um, also sitting off to the side are a set of Fog of War cards, which are there just to make your life miserable. <laughs> and then you're ready to start the game, basically. Um, the way the rounds work is you shuffle up your shit, you draw four cards. Uh, you don't shuffle every time. But the, the first round, you're going to shuffle up your shit. At the beginning of every round, you will, will draw four cards. 
cards and you decide who's going to go first by pulling one of the cards from your hand and each card in your hand is going to have a number in the top left hand corner. Each of you will play a card face down simultaneously and then flip them over in dramatic haha surprise and whoever has the highest number gets to go first. In the case of a tie whoever was first the last time continues to be first. So for instance if Justin and I both play our highest card which is the like the commander or whatever Mm -hmm. he has a nine on him and you know if both of us play nines then whoever just happened to start the game which is depicted in the scenario book will will continue to be the first player and that person will then go through the rest of their cards that they have in their hand which is typically three and play those in any order they want and those cards will correspond to squads so if you play the scout for the a company or the a squad you will be able to do one of the actions that's listed on the card which is like move to uh, or attack or um, sort of thin your deck out of those idiot fog of wars or give fog of wars to the other player Riflemen get to generally move and shoot things as well as take command points, which is pretty important because that's generally how you try to win the game. There are also squad leaders, which let you add more stuff to your deck or uh, also use cards that you've used earlier in the turn. So some guy, sometimes you can chain these actions together to have your really good machine gunner shoot a few times in a row. Um, and then there's the commander, which uh, generally lets you draw cards or, again, the action called bolster, which is adding stuff to your deck now when you add stuff to your deck it's usually or in the first couple of games that we played it was generally to reinforce your existing squads so let's say in the beginning of the game i start with one squad a of scouts and one squad b of scouts and one squad a of riflemen and one squad b of riflemen in my deck and let's say that that's what i have When you bolster, you can grab more cards out of the supply and put them into your discard so that you have a chance of drawing them later. But also, in the event that your guys get shot... Which they will. Which they will, and I will go over the mechanics of that later. Whenever you take damage, you take one of the cards out of the deck that correspond to the squad that has just gotten a bullet to the head. So if Justin goes and shoots my squad A scout, and I only have one of those in my deck, I actually take it out of my deck, throw it in the garbage, you know, metaphorically speaking, and then remove that token from the board. Uh, And they will remain off the board until such time as I am able to get more of that squad a scout back into my deck and then play it and then they will reappear but there's only a certain number of them so you can run into the situation where you're they're just they're just gone they're just gone forever so the way shooting works because this is a tactical game and um you know it's it's a war game and if you weren't shooting each other it probably wouldn't be either of those things there's there's like a number next to the attack value and that is how many dice you're going to roll there are always d10s in this game and so if it says attack two then you grab two dice and then you pick who you're going to shoot at and then you roll and what you're trying to go for is Each squad has a number on them, which represents the base value that you need to beat. Every tile that they are away from you will add one to that, and then each tile that they're on has a cover value, so that gets added on top as well. So if uh, Justin's scouts are three spaces away and hiding in uh, on a hill um, and they start with five, you're going to have five plus three plus one, which means that I have to roll, uh, let's carry the one, nine, a nine, <laughs> a nine or higher, which is nine or 10. And that's not great. It's odds. hard. It's hard. Generally shooting someone 
from a bad position on top of a hill is is not easy. Tens always hit, which is interesting because there's always the chance that you just get fucking lucky and yep. you know it ricochets off a cinder block and hits the guy. And so it's a it's it's very simple to be able to try to figure out you know what your odds are. Um, there's not much going on other than that in terms of the combat. And no matter how many times you hit the guy, so if, even if you're rolling four dice for whatever reason. Even if you hit them four times, that only removes one card from the deck, which is important. So, like, you're never... You're always increasing your chances of roll when you roll more dice, but you're not necessarily, like, doing more damage. Um, the same character can... Like, the same squad can activate multiple times, depending on if you have multiple cards of the same squad. So, if you're very lucky and you've managed to catch your buddy trying to sneak up a river, which usually has terrible cover potential, and you just happen to draw all three of your machine gunners, you might just end up being able to mow them down uh, and end the end the war right there, uh, depending on how lucky you get. And yeah, I don't think that there's there's not much else to this. So uh, again, in general, like the the way you try to win these games is going to be different depending on which scenario you're doing. So in the first scenario, it's like you're trying to capture a certain number of points, which are listed on the tiles at the beginning of the setup. And to capture tiles, you have to like take a scout and you have to use the scout action, which is basically a move. And you go through and you you plonk down tokens on tiles that haven't already been scouted. This has the unfortunate side effect of adding these son of a bitch fog of war cards, which <laughs> uh, don't have anything on them, and they're just they have a they have an initiative value of one, which means that they're terrible for initiative, and they just eat up space in your deck. There, there's no other way to play them except by playing them for initiative. And the only way to get rid of them is through recon. And the and you're never going to be able to get rid of all of them. Well, you might be able to get rid of all of them, but it's... Be hard. Yeah, when you're not doing that, you're not moving or shooting. Uh, yeah. The thing about having to scout the tiles is that's the only way anybody but the scout can move around. So you always have to scout the tiles before your other better equipped... Uh, uh, your better... Soldiers. Uh, you, yes, thank you. Are able to get onto that square. Um, and so you have to scout, which means you have to add bullshit into your deck. And also, the only way to get the command points or get the, get the victory points to win the game is you have to move your slower infantry, your slower uh, riflemen, onto those tiles and spend a whole turn uh, capturing that that tile, um, which is one of the commands that's special to the riflemen. Um, and so it's interesting because you you can't really just kind of sit around because that that means that you just you're kind of just letting the uh, opposition just do whatever they want. But you also don't want to be running around too much because it's adding garbage into your deck and and but shooting yeah. isn't always great either because they're usually really far away and that's like one in ten chance. So yeah. uh, uh, we we got as far as getting uh, up to the machine gunners, which is a lot of fun being able to roll four dice using the suppress action. Oh, yeah. um, there's also mortars, which are um, interesting in that you can pick a space and then put a token down. And as long as the mortar team doesn't move, they're able to continue to bombard that space, no matter how far away it is. Um, we didn't get to that far, so I don't know how fun they are. But I mean, if the machine gunner is any indication, it's pretty fun to just roll dice and watch things blow yeah. up. Um yeah, each scenario is different. There's a few rules about some different victory conditions, but I mean, in general, everything's pretty straightforward. I don't think that there's anything else that I really want to go over in terms of the overview. Did I miss anything? Not that I know of. Um, most of the other stuff is pretty small. Like there's the squad leader for A that can only bolster squads A um, and, and stuff like that. But that's more of a 
little, just little tiny, tiny things, but aren't important in the overall scheme of things. Yeah. So in, in general, it's just like you have this scenario presented in front of you. You are doing the sort of Dominion style deck building thing where you're adding garbage into your deck, adding more dudes into your deck, trying to manage that deck size because you don't necessarily want to have a huge deck because then that means you're not drawing the cool stuff that you want. And it's also this deck building combined with trying to do the whole tactical war game thing where you're trying to achieve your objective with, uh, with, without losing all your guys. And yeah. And yeah, and the scenarios seem to be pretty varied. The first, we, we managed to get through the first three. The first one was basically like, hey, you guys are on opposite sides of this field. Go to town. The second one was more or less the U.S. trying to uh, do a 100-yard dash to a church uh, while getting rained hell on. And then the third one was, uh, you know, kind of kind of even again, uh, but even, with yeah. like slightly different cover rules. So it was all, it was a lot of fun. Um I got to say, like going into sort of the general thoughts on this game, um, I really enjoyed this. Like it was, uh, I'm not, I'm not huge on conflict. I tend to get some, some would say hot under the collar. <laughs> um, and so I try to stay away from those things because I know that I have that demon in my brain telling me that I need to tell everybody in the room to go fuck themselves. Um, so I try to shy away from these things. Uh, that's why I tend to lean more towards co-op games. But like the the tactical war game has always been appealing to me, even though like I do tend to get a little heated when we're talking about a like a really competitive game. Uh, but this one was fun because I like the I really like the the deck building aspect. I think that was a really interesting way of doing it. It's great to have a war game that is so 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 full of like it's got good information in the scenarios like it always starts with a little blurb about what you're doing the tiles have good art on them for making you understand the geography of the place the cards are clear it's easy to understand what you're trying to do um each of the cards has like a name on it so there's like interesting flavor there that's yeah you're adding people into your squad that have different names and like yeah you're 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 adding you're adding people not just generic dude a or soldier a you're adding you're adding john hopkins or something the the tactical part of it is is so simplified from what i'm used to when playing like expansive war games that it was Mm -hmm. it was really refreshing to have a game where it's just like you have a rifleman and you're shooting at a scout and you count the number of tiles you add up some number you don't have to do any of this like they're war games there's a lot of fiddly (laughs) war games where it's like oh you're you're on this side and you're shooting this guy and well he's using a pistol and he's got armor so you got to add in the pistol to armor conversion let's go consult the chart right yeah and and that's the kind of thing that i'm used to and i how many how many hedgerows are in between those two yeah i mean even like i used to play things like war machine and hordes and stuff like that even those well like those are pretty stripped down from what you can get with like tabletop mini games and even those were like you know oh well your your beast is attacking someone who's two sizes smaller than you so do that and let's use the push rule and it's just like oh my god like i don't need more rules in my life (laughs) i was i really appreciated how stripped down and simple this game was in how it and and how it just got you to the meat of the matter which is you know drawing your cards what are you going to do make your decisions none none of the decisions are great because like no scouting fucks you over shooting from the other side of the map might get you somewhere but you know probably not that usually doesn't get you closer to your victory condition 
So, yeah, 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 exactly. Just like taking pot shots of the guy from eight squares away is has a one in ten chance of getting you something, but but probably you're just wasting your time. And so yeah. I I, re- I really enjoyed this game for its. It was a fast war game that had simple mechanics. It had it took a fun mechanic in the deck building and something that I like in tactical war gaming and like put it into a package that was you know nice and simple and like I don't know just a breeze to understand and play. Like we didn't have to worry too much about all the like fiddly stuff, and I just really yeah. appreciated that. Yeah, I, I, I was concerned when I first like started going through the manual and being like. You know, I I wanted to try to find something that I could kind of understand quickly. So I just loaded up this because I'd heard about it before. But I was concerned when I'm like, oh, 20 page manual. I'm like, oh, this is actually, oh, it's all just kind of on the cards. This is, this is really simple. It's like, there's no, you know, line of sight rules or weird distance rules or, you know, distance like, uh, there, there was no, there was nothing weird. It was just, you want to shoot? Yeah, go for it. Anything. Just, you know, number of squares, add up the defense value. Done. You want to move? Move. Just just go. Don't worry about, you know, rough terrain or, you know, walls in the way. It's just, no, there you go. Just just move. The only thing is like, well, it's got to be scouted first. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And it's like, uh, everything just, I feel, makes sense, which is nice. There were, I don't think, there were only two things I ever had to check the rule book for. And that was, you know, when a squad got wiped out. Uh, how do I bring it back on? And then um, something to do with like um, removing the fog of war cards, and that was it. Um, but yeah, I I I admire a game where I'm not when when I don't have to give it props for giving a quick rules reference on the back because everything's so simple. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. It's just made things way easier just to get into this is definitely by far the easiest to understand and play kind of war game that i've ever played and i mean i would say that even includes something like uh, memoir 44 which is also a very simple and streamlined game yeah that was the one that i was thinking of when i was playing this because i know we we had played that once Mm -hmm. and even it has like you know it's got well you you start your round by you know, playing a command card and then you're trying to like move your guys through the hexes and some guys move more and some guys move less. And it's like, it's, that's all pretty well on the cards too. Um, but of course I think your deck sort of starts pre-built with that. And it does. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, I, I don't remember, I don't remember much about our game of memoir 44 other than probably trying to rush up a beach and then getting mowed down. Yeah. Like you do. Uh, but uh, like, <laughs> I remember memoir 44 being a fun game when we tried it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was, it was definitely was not as like easy to get into. I think that this game is probably great for someone who is interested in like a two-player war game that doesn't have any and you don't like if you're scared about getting into it i think this would be like a for sure one to pick up yeah um and it's nice that it, it, it played quite quickly like uh i mean the the box recommends 45 to 60 minutes and i guess that was about right we got through about we got through three games in about three-ish hours so mm-hmm. that that stands whereas i know a lot of squad kind of war games like this the setup can take an hour <laughs> um whereas this one it's nice like you just have the tiles you got a few tokens and then the manual tells you which cards you need 
So it's very easy to set everything up. You start with a nice slim deck. Everything that you can add to your deck is just right there in front of you. You know how many cards you have left. You know what you can add at any one time. And you know what the other player has and can add to their deck. So it keeps everything nice and open. And I think one of the things I usually don't like about deck building games is that they're so insular. You're just kind of building your deck build. You're doing mm-hmm. your thing. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. And there's either unlimited cards or there's just limited cards. But then it's like, oh, I, I just don't have quite enough buy power to get that card, you know? And so you have a lot of turns where you just feel shitty or unlucky. Where I feel in this game, it's like, sure, sometimes you don't have squad leader B. It's like, where is that bastard? I'd like... I need him to get Rifleman Company B up that hill. Uh, And so it can feel, but it doesn't feel frustrating so much as tense. It's like, you know, your deck only has so many cards. Like, you know, Rifle Company A just got shot to hell. So there's, they're all gone from your deck, you know? Uh, And so it, it doesn't feel like you just, you can feel like you got a bad hand when your hand consists solely of Fog of Wars. (laughs) <laughs> and you just kind there. of look sadly at your hand but there's always ways to like remove those with your scouts like there's kind of ways to, you you kind of have to like it's always a balancing action of like all right when when do i push forward to these scouts because no the second i do my hand's gonna just start getting loaded up with all these these fog of war cards like i need to make sure that my riflemen are in position to like take advantage of that push like there's a lot of like just little thoughts that are just tense without being frustrating you don't have to worry that squad leader B doesn't have enough buy power to bring in the machine gunner. He just brings in the machine gunner. He just tells him to get his ass to the front line. <laughs> Put the soup down. Get your ass over here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You only have three coins and I cost four. No, no. Just get your ass to the front. Lay down some <clears throat> press of fire. Yeah, I like what you said about, uh, you know, this not being a deck builder where you're just staring at your own belly button the whole time. Cause there was a few times <laughs> when I would look over at your, at what you had. And I'm like, I had the choice of, you know, sh- there, it was a pretty target rich environment and choosing who you go after. Sometimes it's just like, well, you know, he doesn't have a lot of, a lot of A's in his deck. There's not a lot of a riflemen left. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just start taking pot shots at those guys. And, and also with the, with the initiative part of it, like I found myself a couple times trying and failing to keep track of what you were playing so that I knew yeah. if I didn't have a, the initiative that I could, like, I didn't want to blow my commander to get the initiative back if I thought that if if I knew that you still had one of those cards, yeah. right? So I think it was really interesting because I was always trying to pay attention to what you were doing and failing. Um <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, for sure it was it was definitely there and like as a deck builder, this is probably one of the f- few that I can think of where you're like really trying to focus on what the other guys doing and playing and stuff like that because there is a lot going on like a deceptively large amount is going on with these decisions that you're making. It was really cool. Uh, I liked with the m- initiative mechanic is you drop four. But you have to play one of those immediately. And all the high initiative cards are usually like your commander, which is really great because he can just get you two free cards or bolster three cards. Or one of your squad leaders, which can also be really good to give a guy a free activation or, again, bolster if you need it. And like those are the ones that have the highest value. So there's always a risk reward. Like it's always, you know, 
nice just to turf one of those useless, say, uh, fog of war cards out there. But if you need to go right away, it's like, uh, like, do, do I, do I, do I risk, you know, Tom, like making onto that command point? Uh, but if I don't, then like, I have to throw away this guy. And, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you got to try to get in your head. It's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, I really like that part. It it often didn't go well for me. Like I usually would say, like, oh, maybe he's maybe he won't do it. And you and I almost always like pick the same. It was, number. It was almost always the same card. Yeah. Ah, so frustrating. <laughs> and then and then you would you would you'd go and like shoot at my guys as they were running through a cornfield like a bunch of morons. I would. I would. I would take advantage of that. And the 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 ability to just send anybody back to the supply with the like just the hunker down kind of thing was nice as well because you know there were a few times where i was thinking it's like i got this scout way over on the eastern flank he's done his job i don't need him over there i i can just i can just get rid of him i can just get him out of my deck send him home and then it streamlines my entire system mm-hmm. where a lot of deck builders have very few or convoluted ways to actually like get rid of cards from your hand um this just makes it easy you just do it if whenever you want just there he is go back to supply send him back to hq tell him to grab us sandwich uh you don't have to you know worry about using some other card to get rid of him it's just everything is nice and simple with still having a lot of tactical depth I was looking through Board Game Geek because I was curious if, uh, because the colon uh, Normandy tipped me off to the fact that there might be other versions of this coming out because I was I was like, ooh. Oh, there are. So apparently there's one out soon or? There is one out right now. North Africa? Yeah, it's out already. Is that is that North Africa still in the World War II or is that World War One? It's World War Two. Oh, okay. So it's a British army. Fighting the Italians. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know uh, much about. I don't know much about World War II other than the stuff that most people know. So, the reason I mention that is because uh, one of the things I really liked about this game, and I think is not useful but interesting about war games, is like being able to learn a little bit about what was going on in history. I think is something that is a utility of war gaming in particular that I don't think is like noted much. So like every time you start a scenario, you can read a little thing and I'm not entirely like I don't know anything about any of these battles, but I'm going to assume that they didn't just come up with shit. Right. Like, um, it seems like coming up with all this stuff is probably harder than just like grabbing it from history. So I'm going to assume that they did the research. And so I thought it was really interesting that like each scenario was like, oh, the Germans were here and they were doing something and the U.S. rushed to get the Hamlet. And it tells you, I think, what they did do. And then you get to try to enact what what you're going to do, which, spoiler alert, the U.S. is not doing quite as well as as history history had shown. Old Tom's not much of a general, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Um, And so I think that's interesting. And I think that I would, uh, I'd like to see more of these come out and especially for like other, other wars as well. Cause I, I'd like to see, I'd like to potentially view this not just as a game, but also as a way to sort of teach history, you know, like I've, I've got the, I've got my kids and I'm not gonna, I don't like 
sort of peeking ahead to the review, I don't know that I'd go out and immediately like rush out to get this, even though I'm like, I'm really into it because I'm not really a two player wargaming kind of guy. Like I don't live very close to my friends. I'm not going to play a war game with my wife. That's just a recipe for disaster. And my kids are way too young for a game about uh, shooting each other. Um, Yeah. So it's going to be a while, but I really like the idea that there's going to be more of these to be able to explore other parts of, you know, World War II or, you know, maybe they expand into World War One and going into like, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with North Africa. I'm interested to see what they might do with like the Pacific. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a really cool game and I'm like I'm really interested to see to see that there's an accessible war game that is also can be used as like a bit of a teaching tool or sort of a jumping off point for people who are interested and interested in war gaming or just World War II or, you know, some combination of the two. And it's, you know, it's it's just good. It's just good and it I think it's like it's really educational in some ways, you know? Yes, it is. It certainly shows I, I like how it shows kind of a more human side of things. I like mm-hmm. that they each card has slightly different art, uh, even for like all the soldiers. Um, and they each have a different name. Like it's not just you, you know, losing a soldier like that guy had, you know, a name and a history. That's a little bit more of a human side to what was a horrible conflict. So it can be educational and it can still be fun, you know, from a gameplay point of view, but it wasn't our best moment of history, so it is it's nice that it uh, kind of maintains that human element. Yeah, I mean, we were joking, but you know it does it does help to reinforce the fact that like there were, yeah, real people that you know real people that fought and real people that suffered through this thing. So I mean it's it's a it's a good reminder in that way and and it's not not something that I see in in you know my limited experience, but usually you're just pushing cubes around, right? like mm-hmm. We, we poke fun at it when we were doing it. Damn it, Hans. Shoot him. Some of the most generic American people. Sam Miller, right? And he, you know, yeah. he bit, bit the dust under machine gun fire. But, like, it makes you think, so. This would make an absolutely horrifying legacy game. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that bummer. You're welcome. Oh, man. Well, there is, like, the campaign mode, so. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, you sort of tally up who uh, who won what and how many casualties you took, and yeah, at the end someone gets a trophy. Anyway, on to uh, reviews. I guess. I mean, yeah. um, again, I like I spoiled it earlier. I I, I really like this game. I think it's super accessible, which isn't something I can usually say for most war games. It's fast, which I can't say for most war games. Um, it's got history and it's got a human element, which I also can't say about many war games. I think it's a very unique piece of uh it's a very unique piece of the board gaming culture like uh i i personally haven't ran across this i i probably will not go rush out and buy it on account of the fact that i don't really have anyone other than justin that would probably stomach me like getting getting pissed off at him for 45 minutes at a time um i'm not gonna go out and get it quite yet but i am interested to see where it goes and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dismiss the thought that i might pick it up in the future you know when my kids get older um or if you know a roving group of board game enthusiasts move next door 
you know, <laughs> I might pick it up. Or it's definitely something that's simple enough to just like throw on tabletop simulator and get rolling. So um, I enjoyed sure. it. I would definitely play it again. Uh, and I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a really great two-player game. I don't know how many, how many, how much legs it has because it is sort of constrained. But mm. you know, from what I saw, there was there was more than enough to keep me interested for you know the three hours we played. So uh, yeah, really good, Justin. Yeah, this is. I I really really enjoyed this game. Um, and what I liked how streamlined it was for a two-player competitive like World War II squad-based game or really just like a world uh, two-player competitive game. It means I, I played a fair number of them. Um, and this was by far the simplest to just absorb, pick up, and play. The, the setup was easy. All the rules are right there on the cards. There's no little symbols I need to look for and check to see what they do or how they interact with other symbols. It was just, you do an action, you do a thing, you roll the dice. If you want to shoot somebody, you hit or miss, next. Um, Mm -hmm. Even the actions were simple. You didn't have to worry about, did this guy go already? Or how many many people can I activate again? did oh, I do yeah. that? It was oh, just man, you're just you're just bringing back so many memories of other games where it's just like <laughs> so fucking hard to keep track of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which which I don't know might be a bit of a simulation, sure, but it doesn't make things streamlined or easy to play. Whereas this, you put down a card, you do a thing. Put down your next card, you do a thing until you're out of cards, and then that's it. You draw up, you do the bidding, and you just keep going. It's it just keeps up the pace. There's nothing that really slows it down. Even with the deck building mechanics, normally there's a lot of like, you know, buys and it's like, oh, I have this, but oh, I didn't quite get enough money. So, ah, uh, do I get this or this? No, it's just, no, it's, you, you get what you need. You don't bloat your deck and you just keep pushing that hill. And I mean, that's, that's why I think I would definitely, I, I'm, I'm already looking at a few sites of where to pick this one up. Uh, so I'm, I'm planning on getting it myself, but it was something I would definitely recommend if you like competitive two player kind of World War II games, because no matter what, um, the theme isn't something everyone can either be comfortable with or enjoy. Enjoy is a weird word, but you know, it, it is a polarizing, uh, point in our history and, you know, shooting people isn't everyone's cup of tea so you know keep that in mind obviously but it's not something one should forget either uh so keep that in mind as a recommendation little giant asterisks but if you're interested in these kind of games and you found other ones either very slow or very loaded with rules this i think is an excellent alternative to those other style of war games Um, this thing keeps it simple keeps it short but keeps it interesting uh, and it keeps you engaged with your opponent, which are all pluses for me. Bit of a different one, uh, but you know, gonna change it up once in a while. We're gonna try to adapt, overcome, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Ooh, yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, you could help us out by sharing with a friend or liking and subscribing and doing the five stars or whatever your thingy is. I don't want to spend too much time on that. If you have any feedback for us, you want to just like shoot us some questions, you can find us uh, at CGS Podcast on Twitter or using the collapsing game shelf at gmail.com email address. If you want to hit me up, you can hit me up at Team Rage Tom on Twitter. Um, 
Normally, we have a couple of other people with us. Uh, you know, we got Debbie and Adam who are usually uh, podcasting alongside us. Uh, if you want to hit them co-hosting. up. Uh, yeah, yeah, co-hosting. That's that's the word. If you want to find uh, either one of them or are interested in what they're up to, you can find Debbie at MRSWHYN or you can find Adam at For the Win on all, you know, thingies. Um, and he's got like a Twitch and uh, we've got, uh, he's got a YouTube and... Uh, we do something on Twitch on Wednesdays for D&D at the Adventures Tabletop Twitch channel thing. So, you know, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you might find any of that stuff uh, that stuff interesting, too. So, you know, come 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 find us. Uh, Justin, you want to you wanna plug your thing? It, well, sure, yeah. I'll, I'll plug it right up. Uh, you can find me <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, at, on Twitter at Don't Trust Justin. Um, I'm not exactly active on there but i always check it so if i see something if you post something i will see it and uh you know what i'll definitely read it i might even respond uh <laughs> but that's about it for me we, we may never know because he and i never get any questions so you know no maybe maybe we're just very clear and concise and there's no confusion about anything we ever say Hmm, that could be it. Probably not. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back at you next week with something fun. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Goodbye now. Yeah, bye. Bye.